This is Statehouse News. This podcast is a production of the Center for Community Solutions and features content from the Hannah News Capital Monitor. For a complete version of Statehouse News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com. Thank you for joining us. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, 2015, and this is Episode 15 of Statehouse News. The House passed its budget plan during a marathon session on Wednesday, with House Speaker Cliff Rosenberger saying he is happy with the 63-35 budget vote and calling his caucus's proposed income tax reductions a heck of an accomplishment. The governor's office, however, criticized the new version of House Bill 64. Restrained, responsible budgeting has helped get Ohio back on track, which is why the governor is so troubled by the House budget, Governor John Kasich spokesman Rob Nichols said in an email. Their spending increases and rosy budget projections threaten the progress Ohio has made in the last four years, and the rejection of the tax reform is a missed opportunity that, if allowed to remain, would erode our improving economic climate. As a former Congressional Budget Committee chairman, he's seen this situation before. After the fiscal crisis subsides, people think it's okay to slip back to old habits, Nichols continued. The governor will do everything possible to prevent that from happening. He respects the legislative budget process and congratulates Speaker Rosenberger on the passage of his first budget. He looks forward to the Senate's work now and has confidence that the legislative leaders will come together on a budget that advances the ideas that have been so successful in strengthening Ohio. Rosenberger told reporters he was not concerned about Senate President Keith Faber's statements that his chamber will approach the budget from the viewpoint of current law and fiscal year 15 figures versus the administration's or House's proposals, saying he respects the process in other branches of government. We'll let the Senate do their part and we'll come together in the conference committee, he said. Ohio Department of Medicaid Director John McCarthy Wednesday presented on an overview of the funding aspects of the state's Medicaid program for members of the Senate Medicaid Committee. In the process, he addressed some of the misperceptions around the program that he has heard in recent months. Among those misperceptions is using the state's changing Federal Medical Assistance Percentage, or FMAP, as a reason to say the federal government can't be trusted. He explained that this has always been a formula-driven calculation that has always fluctuated depending on economic conditions in the state and the nation. Ohio's current FMAP is 37 cents state, 63 cents federal government split. He commented that in recent years, Congress has approved enhanced FMAP for certain programs such as the Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP, and following the Great Recession. This latter enhanced rate has expired. McCarthy also commented that much of the discussion around Medicaid centers on the use of the program by families and children and the recent Medicaid expansion population, which is also referred to as Group 8 
However, he had several slides that indicated that those aged, blind, and disabled individuals, including those duly eligible for both Medicaid and Medicare, which account for about 18% of the Medicaid enrollment, actually account for better than 50% of the expenditures. And when looking at only state expenditures, they account for way over 50% of the expenditures. What disappears in this view, McCarthy pointed out, is the Group 8 folks. This is because they are completely covered by federal funds. McCarthy also told the committee that, contrary to what seems to be a widely held view, he believes the department has done a lot to improve Medicaid's transparency. He noted the reorganization into its own department and the resulting consolidation of all Medicaid spending into the Department of Medicaid and Department of Developmental Disabilities. The designation of all Medicaid administration funds in other departments with the number 65, the work of the Joint Medicaid Oversight Committee and its actuary, and availability of line item information through the FAT book. Legislation has been introduced in both Ohio legislative chambers as lawmakers push for tax-advantaged savings accounts for the state's residents with disabilities to save for future expenses without losing other government program eligibilities. Thursday, April 16th, Representative Jonathan Deaver, co-sponsor of House Bill 155, said the bill continues the recently passed Federal ABLE, or Achieving a Better Life Experience Act, on the state level. The bill aims to increase the quality of life of individuals with disabilities and increase their self-determination, he said. Deaver said introducing the bill's companion piece, Senate Bill 147, will help his preferred timeline of passing the bill before the summer break, so that the state treasurer can then make accounts available by the beginning of 2016. Senate co-sponsor John Eklund explained the bill directs the treasurer to create a program through which eligible Ohio participants with disabilities can save money to cover varied other disability-related expenses, such as education, housing, employment training, and funeral expenses. He said state agencies that many of those with disabilities interact with will be authorized to share information with one another regarding the individuals. Eligible participants will be those who qualify under the ABLE Act, children who qualify for Supplemental Security Income, SSI, and adults who qualify but whose disability arose before age 26. Eklund said the legislation removes disincentives for those with developmental disabilities to follow their hearts and their heads in efforts to be autonomous. State Treasurer Josh Mandel said he is committed to making the legislation his office's priority and will promote the bill when he travels around the state to inform those with disabilities and their families. There is no utility in having a program, an option like this, noting a close family member to him with a developmental disability that fuels his personal interest. Mandel called the sponsor's process to introduce Ohio's version of an ABLE bill, seven states have enacted ABLE bills and many others have introduced them, as methodical and thoughtful. 
He said the effort also can't be successful without strong partnerships in the nonprofit sector. Some happenings from the week of April 13, 2015. The American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU of Ohio, and Secretary of State John Husted Friday announced a settlement in a federal lawsuit that challenged a cutback in early voting hours that included the elimination of Golden Week in Ohio. The agreement will begin after the May primary and last through 2018. Under it, the county boards of elections will open up from 1 to 5 p.m. on the Sunday in the third week of early voting. Previous litigation added weekend hours to the Saturday and Sunday before Election Day. Weekdays during the fourth week of voting for presidential and primary elections and gubernatorial general elections will see boards of election open at 7 p.m. instead of 5 p.m. For regular municipal elections, primary elections, and special elections, boards will stay open until 7 p.m. on weekdays during the fourth week of early voting and will be open until 4 p.m. on the Saturday before Election Day instead of noon. The Governor's Ohio Task Force on Community and Police Relations released a draft copy of recommendations during the panel's meeting on Thursday, organizing the suggestions into a number of consensus-driven categories training, accountability, oversight, standards, community involvement, community education, judicial and grand jury process, hiring practices, and implementation, review, and oversight. And some notable quotes from around Capitol Square. That's coming out in the tapes, and it might be a little embarrassing for some of you. Tom Gunlock, president of the State Board of Education, reminding members that their side conversations with neighbors are being picked up by the microphones recording at the board meetings. When we get to something in the Ohio legislature, we've probably missed an opportunity in the civil world to resolve this. Representative Terry Johnson, chairman of the House Armed Services, Veterans Affairs, and Public Safety Committee, lamenting during a hearing on House Bill 18, the need for legislation to protect people's ability to fly the American flag. Sometimes I find I don't know works just fine. Representative Ryan Smith, after a witness was uncertain on how to answer a question from the committee. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Statehouse News presented by the Center for Community Solutions. For a complete version of Statehouse News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com.